Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hey Griefsters, hope you're having an okay week. Um, Just a reminder that it is November, which is Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month, which is why we had the episode last week with Olivia Williams. Um, Thank you so much for your lovely comments about it. If you head to the PCUK website, you can find more information about the petition they're running called Demand Survival Now, which is intended to increase survival rates by uh, campaigning to the government, Um, whoever the government ends up being. So yeah, if you did miss that episode, you want more information, do head to the Pancreatic Cancer UK website where you can find that information. Um, also we have some best of 2019 episodes coming up so we did this last year where we just choose clips from the episodes we've had all year and put them all together so you can just uh, relive your fave moments of Griefcast so if you do have a moment that you particularly loved and you'd like to hear again on now that's what I call Griefcast uh, which we do at Christmas uh, please tweet us at the Griefcast is the best way to let us know this week I'm talking to stand-up comedian Carmen Lynch Carmen is based in New York and she's been seen on The Late Show with David Letterman, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Conan, The Late Show with Craig Ferguson. She's also been in The Good Wife, Inside Amy Schumer, and she regularly comes over here to do the Edinburgh Festival as well. She's a brilliant stand-up and she actually has a stand-up show called Dance Like You Don't Need the Money, which you can uh, actually stream and watch from her website, I think, if you head to CarmenLynch.com. Carmen is based in New York and she was living there during 9-11. Carmen came in to talk to me about working in Manhattan that day. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with stand-up comedian Carmen Lynch. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Where are you from in America? Obviously, you're American. I live in Queens in New York, uh, but I grew up in Virginia, and then I also grew up in Spain. My mom's from Spain. Wow. There was a lot of traveling. So you would go back and forth? Yeah. Oh, my God. How was that? Did you spend a lot of time in Spain? 
I my dad was in the Navy and my he met my mom in Barcelona, so uh, he was stationed wow. there for a while, which was cool. Cause, yeah, you know my whole family lives out there, and I go every year to see my sister because she lives out there with her family. Oh wow! So did so, she? But she grew up in America, same as you, and then went yeah. back. She and then like, fell in love with a guy at my cousin's wedding in Barcelona, <laughs> and then did literally the opposite. My mom did. Wow. She fell in love with a Spanish guy. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. So you do your comedy in. You can do Spanish stand-up as mm-hmm. well. How is that, doing it in two languages? It's different. I mean, it's it's fun because I feel like an open micer when I do it in Spanish, but I <laughs> yeah, have all yeah. the experience yeah, of, yeah. You know, of a comic. So um, it's just getting the word order right and get it, making sure they get the joke. Like, yeah, yeah. I was in Spain. I do it in Spain mostly when I visit family, and then I went to Costa Rica, and it was just a completely different experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, my brother used to live in Brazil, and obviously they speak Portuguese in Brazil, um, but like his Portuguese friend was saying, like it, it's so different. It's a bit like you have with English and American. Totally. And I found this when I was in LA. Like, it's I think it's actually really an annoying thing because you go to America and you think they speak English, but they, you don't. You speak American English, and it's almost like speaking French. It's completely different. And obviously, you can get by and you can mm. read words, but sometimes I would say things and I could see. They hadn't completely misunderstood me, even though I had said what I considered a kind of normal sentence. Yeah, and it happens here when I do stand-up yeah, here sometimes. Yeah. I'm always, like, surprised if a joke works that I don't think is going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to change, like, drug names, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you guys have a different name for a drug or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's, it's just a, the, in- it's like, the intonation. Like, it's so it just changes everything. So I imagine it's the same with, like, Spain and Costa Rica. It's like, yeah, you mm. have the... You could, obviously, if you were, like, please tell me where the bakery is. They would understand mm. you. I need to return my library books. They would understand <laughs> you. But when you're like, oh, I'm talking about emotions and feelings. and Or like mean? slang. Slang, like, yeah, Like yeah. the dirty words are different, just like yeah. they are here. Yeah. Like I can, I can say our version of a curse word, but you guys have your own. Yeah. And maybe it sounds weird if I use yours, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah. I never really talked about this word before. I say, oh God, I hope, I'll have to put this explicit. Here, the word cunt, it's quite an offensive word. I love that. Yeah. yeah. But it's also, you can use it, especially in London, if like, oh, he's a stupid cunt. Like, it's not quite, you know, it doesn't, but someone told me that in America you'd only use it to a woman. Yes. You wouldn't say it to a man. No, it doesn't yeah, make see, any sense. Yeah, see, here you'd be like, oh, he's such a cunt. Like, you'd be like, yeah. he's like a real, I mean, like, he's a real, real asshole like he's the king of the assholes he was a cunt it's also the strongest word we have it's definitely the strongest word we have i use it frequently and i'm, I'm gonna have to put a, an apology to the start of this because some people hate it but i love it but it's I a fun it. word you know the words that you don't get to hear as often yeah. especially if they're friendly like hey you cunt yeah. you know like <laughs> no one says that and no just... and also for english i think anything it's the anglo-saxon words like they have that lovely like sound to them that's yes. why it's so good it's like everything about it is just yeah like... well the c sound is always so oh, good it's so good yeah what would be your what would be your equivalent of like oh it's a bad word, but I'm using it like, oh, you can't. <laughs> like, do you have? I mean, like, dick. None of those really oh, dick, matter yeah. anymore. We would say you dick. Yeah, or you're asshole, such a dick. Like, asshole. But yeah. it's not. It, it you wouldn't like hit to get offended. Yeah. Although I would say the c word, which I've been dropping all over, like it, it is still the worst word. Like if someone said that in a pub to, an, if two guys said that, you'd be like, whoa, okay. It depends really? on how they said oh, it. Yeah. Like, oh, you can't. It'd be like, that's all right. But if it's like, you're a fucking cunt. You'd be like, whoa, fight's about to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. It, but it, you can say like, hey, happy birthday, you cunt. <laughs> like, that's okay. <laughs> well, 
I, people can disagree. You'd have to really know them. You'd have to oh, really know them. Okay. Yeah. So I probably shouldn't use it. On yeah. Anyone. And also in American, I think it sounds much stronger. Mm. Like, because it's, I think it's a London thing because I'm from London. Mm. It's like cunt. It's like I can kind of throw it away, but cunt, like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, cunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if anyone's listening to this about death, they're going to be like, whoa, guys, this, this is not what I expected. I'm really sorry. I have no problem with the word, but I have friends who literally will be like, Harriet, don't say the C word. I'm like, my God, really? In this day and age, we can't. Also, I have the rule that if I have one, I'm allowed to say it. Right. I'm allowed right. to use it. Yeah. Yeah. But I still call people pricks as well. I don't, you know. Yeah, prick is, uh, you don't hear it as often in the States, but it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not as uh, You know what insulting. it meant, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you prick. Yeah, it's not, ma- it's not major. Insult. I think English is quite nice, though, because English, English, it's all about intonation. Like and I, you guys have such a beautiful accent, <laughs> and I know, like you know, everybody says that, but it's true. It's like we're milking it for all it's worth. That's how actors in America work. It's just by they could be shit actors, but they just sound like this, and then they get yeah. Jobs. But then you guys have so many actors that come to the states that I don't even know are from here, mm. and their American accent is. I perfect. know, yeah, but that's a cultural thing of like we watch so much American mm. telly and films. Yeah, so like most kids can do good American accents because they've watched Disney films. Yeah. So it's like it's in your ear all the time. Yeah. So I think it, I, I definitely could used to, like when we were playing as kids, your go-to would be American because you'd watch Friends or you'd watch your films right. and stuff. So like, you know, you knew it kind of thing. Yeah, like on stage the other day, I said, see it, say it, sorted. And that last one got a big laugh. And I'm like, I must be saying it so ridiculously wrong. What are you trying to say? Just see, see it. You know, the, the, the train, the tube is oh, like, yes. see it, say it, sorted. <laughs> But I love how it's sorted. You are saying it really weirdly. Oh, okay. But it's well, so fun. Well, sort it. Sort it. Sort it. So- <laughs> Is it over the top? Yeah. You're saying it, I guess, like if I was like, sad it. Oh, you're yeah. You're saying it like really emphasized. Yeah. So it makes us laugh because it's like, you're saying it like you're Maggie Smith. Like, oh, sort it. Oh, right. Which would be like, sort it. What is a weekend? <laughs> I love that line. She says that in... Yeah, your English isn't bad, actually. Is it? Oh. Yeah, it's not bad. Thank you. But Cheers. It's, it's very posh. <laughs> People can only do posh or like Cockney, I've noticed with oh. Americans. They can't kind of do like generic, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like sort of neutral. I think it it, it feels slower, so it's more fun. Yeah. It's like sorted. <laughs> so I get to stretch it out. So then I don't have to talk as much. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm trying to think with America. I guess it's like if we were doing like New York, if I was talking like that. That's yeah. what you sound like. It's really thick. Like, when I hear myself speak here, yeah. it, I can hear the just awful yeah. American like, can you tell me where to go? <laughs> like it just sounds so yeah. over the top. But that's how I felt in America. I felt I yeah. and you as an English person in America, you start getting posher. You just unintentionally plus because mm. they can't understand you if you speak quick, right? They and they and they're looking at you so confused because they're like they they know you spoke English, but they do not know what you just said, right? So you have to really slow it down, and you end up getting a lot posher. Cause yeah. It's just easier to get things that you need, right? So when I was in shops, I would often <laughs> resort to this because if I was like, "Oh, can I have a cup of tea?" What? I was like, "Cup of tea." May I have a cup of tea? And then they were like, Ooh, oh, okay. That does sound so posh. Yeah, because you like cup of tea. Yeah. They just honestly didn't know what I was saying. And I was like, fucking hell, what do I what do I have to do? This is so weird. Do they treat you? Did you notice how they treat you? Like I feel like I feel like people yeah. here are very nice. Yeah, they were very but when they don't understand you, they're not. They were yeah. very rude. And then as soon as I went posh, they were like, oh, sorry. 
Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, a tea for the lady. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So you live, you still uh, live in New York. I live in New York. And that might be relevant to what we're talking about. Who are we remembering today? Or we might not be remembering a specific well, person. but Many people, Many actually. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I was going to talk about the 9-11 story that I yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was like soon after I moved out there. So you've been living in Virginia? Virginia. And then you moved to New York? I moved to New York. So were you right in the center? You... I was temping at Goldman Sachs. I was um, a temp. They had a lot of artists at Goldman Sachs. Yeah. We had this. It was really fun, actually. One of the best jobs I ever had. It was just this room called the fishbowl because all the walls were glass. Wow. And they would just throw in a bunch of artists in there and writers, singers, at that time, I wasn't even doing stand-up. I was I was in New York for acting. Oh. Um, so then investment bankers would just come in and they would just drop all their work on you. And we would do like presentations like Excel and Word and sometimes Why was it all artists? That's so weird. Because, they're, because they're, the fishbowl, that room was open 24 hours. So they needed people who were like had, had no odd schedule. jobs yeah. and no schedule. Oh my so, God, that's fascinating because I also was an actor who used to temp and then went into comedy. Oh, was, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I used to go to investment banks and, yeah, but I would always be here. It was like they just put you on reception because you sound okay. polite. Yeah. And you can sound, yeah, slightly polite and take a good phone call. But they would never like just drop you all in a bunch together because that sounds way more fun than what I had was just it sitting was on a reception so, by myself. And this was also before the financial crisis. So yes, that's what I was, was temping. Free. Yes. Yeah, they used to bring everything. me muffins and yes. they said, help yourself. And one guy was like, just go on Facebook. We don't care. We're just paying you like for the hour to just sit here. Oh, your, yours is better because we didn't even have access to, oh. we only had access to like Goldman Sachs email. So I guess <laughs> so they could monitor it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, but before the crash, people forget like it was bad. It was bad because obviously yeah. they had so much money, but I was temping so much before the crash when it's, they just, the money was so obvious. The money and then the, they would drive us home because it was open 24 oh seven. I had this shift of like, 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. Oh, my God. So then they would just, you would just jump in a car. There'd be like a row of black cars and you would just jump in and they would drive you home. That is a, that is good. I did not get that. I had to get the tube home oh, <laughs> at the normal yeah. time. Wow, what a strange experience. So is that, that's in Manhattan. Then, that's in Manhattan. That's right. downtown. Right, okay. Yeah, I'd say like a five-minute walk from the World Trade Center. Wow, okay. So then yeah. what happened? 9-11? Or, so then okay. I uh, was still acting at the time and then I became a comedian so I shifted my hours to like more daytime yeah, so that yeah. I could have my nights free and this wasn't the only floor like they had fish bowls on every floor so I'd be every That's day you'd mad. work with different people so the day so on 9-11 I was on a different floor it was very quiet there were probably just like three or four of us and then we just heard that a plane crashed into one of the towers. So you didn't, did you literally hear the plane? No. No, you didn't. no we How just weird. heard someone talking about it. Someone told us, oh, and then I went, I always got coffee at this little place and the same muffin every day. Like, so I went across the street and I I saw like, I guess smoke, you yeah, know, something yeah. in the sky far from far away from where yeah. my building, but I was just kind of like, huh, you know, okay. whatever. And, uh, and then I went back to work and uh, we didn't have access to the internet, yeah, so yeah. I couldn't really look anything up. But then all we heard was like, oh, someone uh, crashed into the tower. And then immediately we just thought it was like an accident. Like yeah. it was like one of those small planes with like two people. Of course, because your brain 
at that point, you know, there obviously had been a lot of terrorist attacks before that, someone growing up in London in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but even I remember that, like, the idea of someone, a whole plane was like that, yeah, it just it didn't enter Never. your brain. It was like, yeah, what? like, no. Although, yeah. of course, we had had the Lockerbie bombing in the United Kingdom by then. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it just sounded so insane. And it comes from a place of, like, being naive because yeah. you don't know, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I remember uh, texting my sister in Spain and being like, what's going on? Wow. You know, I heard whatever. And uh, she was the only one that was... Up, I think my parents were probably at work yeah, or something. Yeah. She lives in Spain, so she was up. And and uh, 9-11 is a holiday in Catalonia, in Bar- Barcelona. Wow. So they're, like, celebrating Catalonia's independence on 9-11. Oh, my so God. they're coming from, like, a place of, like, happiness, yeah, celebration. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, a plane crashed. And then suddenly they made an announcement that we can leave. Well, they just said you can well, leave. Well, they said, they said something. There was like a rumor that a, that a second plane crashed, but it was also like, we were temps, so they don't care yeah, about us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I I was a temp. So people literally don't know your name. They don't know your name you're and temp. you're invisible. Yeah. And they're like, you can go. Oh, my God. And, uh, and are you high up in your building? Are you quite high? Yeah, I usually was on 20 or 21, wow. but this was probably like 18 or something like that. Fucking but it was around hell. that time. So I, you know, we had this like little messenger system with other temps where yeah. you could be like, what floor are you on today? Do you want to get lunch? Yeah. So a couple of us were like, well, we can leave. So let's let's go check it out. Oh, my God. And uh, and these weren't like close friends. These were temps, you know, yeah, that you know, it, yeah. at this point, it's like nine something in the morning. And all of my, you know, friends, they were like, you know, three to Right, they were like yeah, other yeah. shifts. Yeah. So I'm early in the morning. So I'm like walking to see what's going on. And then you slowly start to see cops and lights and and then, you know, the do not cross. Yeah, yeah. That's when I realized what it was. No idea that it was a large plane. And then I saw people falling. And then you're in some kind of like trance. Oh my God. Because, you know, we literally went from like, what's happening? Let's check it out. What this poor man who probably didn't mean to crash yeah, into yeah, this somewhere. building. And to... I guess you're not thinking of the whole thing is collapsing either. You're just like, oh, okay. Not there's, there's... at all. Yeah, there's not some... at all. You're and imagining a building surviving and a plane and is a crashed. plane, exactly. That's what your brain does in that situation. Like those little, just those little planes. Yeah, so, yeah. um,. And then I see people falling and it's not like they're close that I can like see their faces. Mm. I just see like little ants because, you know, it's really high. Mm. So I see these people falling and it's just this state of like, oh, my God, what is happening right yeah. now? Still, Your brain can't process it. Can't Your brain process can't it. process it. Yeah. And it was on the other side. So like, you know, the water's on the other side. So, you know, we're seeing a plane, but it's also smoky. So it's like yeah. you can't really see everything perfectly yeah, but you yeah. can see that something bad just happened and uh and it was pretty quick but then the earth just started shaking and uh and I literally and this part to me I look back and I'm like what did I think that this Burger King <laughs> awning was gonna save me and I just saw it but it was so quick it was like putting a white piece of paper in front of your face like you couldn't see anything Ooh. in a matter of seconds um so then I just remember uh, hugging people. I mean, it was packed. There were a lot of people watching, just like me. Like, yeah, they were just curious. Like, and like, what's going on? Probably didn't even know what was happening. Um, and, again, didn't know that it was going to fall. 
So that was when the first one fell. So we were just oh holding each God. other. And then I remember the guy next to me, I can't even see him, but he started um, saying the Our Father. And I was like, this is it. This is it. This is over. And it happened that quickly where I was like, oh, my God, literally five minutes ago I was okay, and now I'm going to die. Like, And the only people I thought about were my parents, yeah. not even my sister. <laughs> like, I only thought about – I was like, oh, my God, this is going to break their heart. Yeah. Like, I – and then just, I had so much, this is for later, but I, I had so much shame and just felt so stupid to like put myself in a place like that. I know. When but all these people didn't I, yeah. do that and, and had to die. I, you can, know? I can understand as well because I think, you know, God, everybody was affected by that. It was a global incident and that's not to say it's more important than any other terrorist incident, mm-hmm. but it was, obviously it was a huge moment in world history. And I remember being a Londoner, there was the, watching the New Yorkers talking about it and there was a sense of just utter shock, which as Londoners who'd have so many bombings, mm. we don't have. And I remember being like, because we were raised like, you know, it can happen on the tube, like there's no bins anywhere on the tube because of the, you know, what happened in the 80s in the IRA. And now, of course, now they, they have these clear plastic bags. And I was brought up with um, a bomb that went off around the corner when in Wood Green when I was a kid and... It was this thing of like, it could happen, it could happen, it could happen mm. if you lived in London. And so if there had been, a, you always thought like kind of just run, <laughs> like, you know, don't go near stuff. And I remember with New York, seeing people being like, this had never happened there. Mm. And being like, oh, wow, like this is, of course, I like, completely understand if it wasn't in your vocabulary, why wouldn't you wander around and go, oh, what, what's happening? Right, and I was very curious. Like, yeah. I'd go in high school, there was a fight. I was there, <laughs> you know? Like, I would just go check it out. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just felt so stupid for a long time but after why, that. Like, just if it's so not, stupid. You haven't been raised with that. I felt guilty, that, yeah. you know? Like, like, it just... But anyway, so I was, I was there, and this man was saying that our father, and then... I don't know exactly how much time. Yeah, it's so far. But we it? were covered. I mean, it looked like those like war yeah. movies where everything is just gray and white. There, we were covered in soot. Oh my god! And I remember these guys were like, "Come this way, come this way!" And then someone shouting, "The Pentagon was just hit!" And uh, Fuck. and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the end of the world!" Yeah. Like I had, I did not know how. Mm. And I remember some people wanted to stay because they'd be like stay in this building in the lobby we can keep and then other people were like we're going to the water let's go in here and I was like this guy knows what he's doing I'm going with this guy and so we just started walking toward toward the water and uh and I was like I was like I don't want to stay yeah near here here. yeah especially you know I just witnessed the first one falling I don't want to be near the the second Second one one, you know So we just walked and... Uh, and was and, it completely cloudy at this point? Was it was, everything it was still... everything's the same color. Wow. Like, and at this point, I hadn't even, like, just... I'm just in the zone. Yeah. Like, get the hell out of here. Your body's telling you, it's like, just get survivor out, get out, get out, get out, You know, yeah. and I love, like, survivor movies, like, <laughs> end of the world movies. So I was just like, let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm Find your leader, get some tin foods. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So we go down there and there's like a restaurant. It's 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 kind of like an Obopan. I can't remember. It's like a like a little deli place. Okay, yeah, yeah. But they were um now this is um 
maybe, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes of walking. Yeah, you know. Um, And were you just passing other people? People just walking, everyone's going different places? Yes, and and it's it's sort of quiet, but it's not. Like, there's people, but everyone's doing their own thing. And I remember seeing a lobby full of people, and I was like, no, this is, you know. So weird, isn't it? Everyone makes their choices. Yeah. Once you're in the lobby, we're in the lobby, we're the safe ones. And if you walk past them, you're like, you made a mistake, don't do that. Like in Titanic, where they're like, some people are getting on the boat, some people are going to stay and play the violin. You know what I mean? Like, everyone makes their own decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to this little deli place, and I remember going in there, and and now at this point, everyone is not gray, because, you know, we've walked away. But the people that are walking, we're still all full of soot and stuff. And I remember going to the bathroom, and I looked at myself, and I just lost it, because I hadn't even thought of it. And I looked like a goat. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, what just happened? I had no idea. But I wanted to keep on moving. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to be here. So I just kept walking. And I lived in New Jersey at the time. So I would have had to go through the Lincoln Tunnel. Wow. And I was like, there's no way that's no, open. No, so, no, no. So my best friend who had just started comedy with me, he worked as a manager at this restaurant um, on 14th Street in Union Square called Friend of the Farmer. So I was like, I'm just going to go to the restaurant. Yeah, find my friend. And find my friend. And so I'm walking and, you know... So you're by some... yourself now? You've, like, lost your group? Well, no, at this time... At this point, I hadn't... At this point, we're all walking towards... Yeah, this weird north. group that you formed. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's just like... did you Do you remember the blackout when the, all the lights went out in the States? Oh, in yeah, New York, yes. And you just yeah, saw, yeah. like, trails of people walking yeah. or even on 9-11, like, over bridges. It was yeah. kind of like that. And then at one point... um, we heard a rumble and everyone knew what that sound was. And then everyone just turned around and you just saw the second one. And they were both so different because one of them, I was right there. And the other one, I was close enough, but I was far enough as well to just notice the sky open up. And it was such a beautiful day that to watch it just go straight down and then just watch like grown men crying around. Like it was just... It was such a surreal. It was like a movie. Yeah. I was like, this is not. That's it. Happening. Because of you, and you're right. Because of you know Hollywood films and disaster movies, everything I saw that day just looked like a film. Like yeah. I was like, I just want it to cut away to, you know, like Eddie Murphy in the cockpit, like exactly. punching someone. I was like, why is this? Why is this not cutting away to the end? Why am I? What? And they just kept showing it and showing it. You know, and. Uh, yeah, it was so mad. Weird enough, I was in Spain when it happened. Oh, wow. I was in Barcelona. Oh, so you know about the, the <laughs> well, parades and I'm stuff? I was just thinking, yes, there was all those parades, and I don't think we ever connected. We were like, I wonder what those parades are. We thought they were, like, protesting against something. Because <laughs> it was, obviously, it was the day of, yeah, Catalonia stuff. Yeah. And I'd completely forgotten that was the same day because we woke up in the morning, they went past our hotel all dressed in red with in their red flags. In red and yellow, yes. yeah. Yeah. And then... Me and my, I was with my mum and we'd just gone for like a little holiday away. And um, so that happened. And so we didn't know it happened all day because we oh, like wow. went to the museums yeah. and went to the park and we were queuing up for a restaurant and there was an American couple in front of us. And then we I was talking to my mum. He heard our English accent. He turned around. And he said, I want to say thank you so much. You're a prime minister today. You did a real good job. And we were like, oh, oh thank, OK. Like, thanks. Yeah. Didn't know what he, he was like after what, well, you know, we just want to get home. And me and my mum were like, what? Like, we had seen nothing, yeah. didn't know. And he was like, oh, there was a real bad New York. 
So we then eat this dinner going like, oh, he must, you know, he must be exaggerating. You know, again, your brain is like, right. get back to the hotel, turn it it's on. It's like denial. Like, that. nothing like this Yeah, you just happen. can't. Yeah. And we turned it on and I saw it go in again and again. And, you know, and then we were sitting there thinking, we have to get on a plane home. <laughs> we have to get on a plane home. <laughs> like, we're already the worst, most anxious travelers anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a really... But I can't imagine just, oh, well, I, I mean, yeah, I was in London for 7-7, seven, seven, so I, I do vaguely know that feeling. But to mm-hmm. see a tower fall, it was, like you said, just so un, so unbelievable. Your brain just goes, it isn't real. It no, isn't real. and it's it was both of them. I can't even say which one was more, like, shocking. Yeah, they both have different... Because yeah. they both had different perspectives. Yeah, and And weird. then just imagining everyone who's still in there and then just silence oh, when it's down. Oh, my God. And then just an open sky of like a beautiful day, and then. Did anyone say anything, or did you just? Start I just walking remember again? crying. Yeah. I just remember hearing. Not, I didn't cry at that time, but yeah. I heard like people that you just wouldn't see crying on the street. Yeah. And uh, and then just back on the trail or whatever, and then I get to um, the <sighs> Union Square area. And I am like, why is everyone staring at me? And that's because they're clean, and I look like a zombie. So you'd cu- you'd obviously come from the event. Oh I'd my come god! From the event and I was like, uh, oh whatever. And then I see Michael, my friend, outside of the restaurant, and he starts crying. Oh yeah. And I run up to him, and then I start crying. And, uh, and that's it, when you realize what's happening, isn't it? When someone yeah. reflects it back at you, like you've been through something awful, and you're like, "Oh and you're yeah, like, I haven't seen anyone I know <laughs> yeah, who's I gonna am- hug me," you know? Oh. Like so, so uh, we start crying, and he's bawling like almost more than me. And yeah. I'm like, "It's okay, I'm okay." <laughs> and then he goes, "This is another moment that's not supposed to be funny," but yeah. um, but he goes, "I thought you were my sister." He was waiting for his sister, who also worked down there. So at the same time, I was like, oh, Oh. (laughs) sorry. Sorry. Maybe it's nice I'm here, too. (laughs) Oh, is it kind of nice? That's hilarious. Yeah. And I remember it. I was like, I know, obviously, nobody needs. But I was just like, and then I thought of her because I'd known Michael for a while. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. His sister. And he's like, I haven't heard from her. So, um, so you know, he brought me in, and he lived literally across the street from the restaurant. Wow. So I just went up there, showered. He gave me clothes. Wow. I just shoved mine in a bag, and uh, and that's when it really started to hit me. Yeah. Like, um, and you know, no one on that day, everyone's like talking, and they're they've stopped yeah. working because they're yeah, you know course. they've heard about this. So I'm I'm back at the restaurant, and um, my sister, I guess, cell phones weren't. I can't remember, but I wasn't they were able just, to. They were just there. Like, yeah. it was not really, yeah, not everyone had them. Not and, like now. And I couldn't get in touch with anyone. And I guess my parents had tried to get in touch with me. Uh, my Fuck, sister, yeah. like, no one had heard anything. And so finally when, um, I don't even know if I used the landline at the restaurant or whatever, but I remember talking to my family and then I just lost it again that I had to go under the muffin counter (laughs) of the restaurant because I was crying so much. Oh my gosh. So I'm under this muffin counter just talking. I mean, that's a very comforting, if you feel sad and lost and vulnerable, where do you want to be? Near muffins. Muffins. I totally get that. Like muffins feel homely and safe and yeah. nothing bad can happen in, under the muffin counter. Nothing. And it, it wasn't even like they were crying. I think they were probably relieved. Yeah, yeah. It was just me just getting everything out. So it was just me just sitting on the phone under the muffin counter crying. And then because I couldn't go home and clearly I wasn't going back to work yeah, anytime yeah. soon, 
my parents were like, why don't you come home? And they live right outside of D.C. Um, and my dad was supposed to be at the Pentagon that day, but he worked, um, <gasps> I don't know, from home or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so then I went home, and that was the last train out of Penn Station the next day. I, I went bright and early. I just wanted to get the hell out. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. So I went home and uh, and my mom was like, I found all this stuff in your clothes. And I had some in my hair still, like just pieces of whatever wow. that, I don't know, paper or whatever. But um, she's like, I'm still washing them. Like, it's the third time. And I was just in a zone. I was like at home just doing nothing. Oh, and this is the other thing that happened. Two weeks before 9-11, I guess like maybe um, for the last, maybe like six to eight months before 9-11, I was having, like, bloody stool. <laughs> so gross. Oh, no, no, it's fine. Go for it, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I was at a comedy club, and I noticed that yeah, yeah. I was bleeding out of my butt. Yeah, yeah. And Not, uh, not where you want to bleed. Yeah. And I was like, this was maybe, like, six to eight months before 9-11. And I was like, and I always told my mom things because she was a nurse. So I was like, there's blood in my stool. And she's like, well, that's not good. So she made me go to a, a doctor, and he's like, we need to do a colonoscopy. Yeah. So when I did the colonoscopy, it was like about maybe a, like, I don't know, two or three weeks before 9-11. <sighs> and my mom gets really into medical stuff because yeah. she's a nurse. So yeah. she's like, I'm coming up. I'm like, it's not a big deal. She's <laughs> like, it's your first colonoscopy. You know, um, I'm coming up. So I went there, and of course, they found like polyps and all kinds of stuff. And uh, And one of them was like really big. And so they had to, like, test it for cancer or whatever. So when I got home after 9-11, I'd forgotten to call about the polyps. <laughs> so I was at home in shock. I was just zoned out. And my mom goes, did you call? Did you ever call about the polyps? <laughs> and I was like, I forgot all about the polyps. <laughs> and she's like, why don't you call? And, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm might here. as well. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it literally doesn't mean anything after what I've been yeah. through. So, okay. And, uh, and he was like, it's fine. Uh, everything's fine. You just need to get colonoscopies like every six yeah, months, every yeah. year until these things go away. And she was so, my mom was like, <sighs> like, so I could tell this just huge relief. Yeah. And I go, I go, what were you more worried about? The polyps or not hearing from me on 9-11? And she was like, the polyps? <laughs> because she's a nurse and she deals with medical stuff. This is, yeah. I, I can't control this other shit. Right. But we were dealing with this. She so. goes, I had a feeling you'd be okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I was so much more worried about 9-11. I wasn't even thinking about these polyps. Like they were so... It was just two different reactions. To, it yeah. was just crazy. Sure, maybe she just had a real good instinct. You were going to be fine. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she got it. She's yeah. right. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, thank God you were fine on both occasions. You totally. know, like that's great. But yeah, yeah. But like, I remember, like, just it, I don't know. It was just a weird ex experience to be like, God, I'd forgotten all about that. And yeah, she yeah, was yeah. Like, I hadn't at all. <laughs> like, constantly on my mind. <laughs> No young girl gets polyps at this age. You know? You're still covered in dust. You're still in shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get over that. But these polyps, yeah. we can deal with. Yeah. Maybe that's it. It's like super practical. It's like, this is a medical issue. You can go to a doctor. 9-11 is like, what the fuck do I say to my child about this? It's right. like, 
it's entirely random and mental insane it's too big to discuss isn't it it's just like your brain is just like like okay but polyps can be fixed (laughs) that's something we can (laughs) do exactly that's why i'm like they're not you know don't worry about it anyone with colon problems gets i don't (laughs) know okay you're on the register now they keep an eye on you exactly wow that must have been so and that's the thing i guess after like a massive shock as well it's like all you want to do is talk about it because it's like you can't believe it's happened to you. But like also like you said, there's this sort of weird no time where like you're not at work, you're not having fun, you're not like on your holidays, you're just sort of there. And then I couldn't, I, 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 I wanted to get to Virginia to just get out of there. But then it was about, I only bought a one-way ticket because I didn't know it was happening. Yeah, so, yeah. And then after like three days, I was like, I have to go back. <laughs> like I was like, I need to be there. I needed yeah. closure. I needed to go. Because, yeah. you know, I was watching all these like pictures and everything in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and I, I was, I went back there and I just couldn't, you know, you just mourn for all these faces and all these people and everything. So you went back to visit this, the, the tower site or like. No, I mean, I went to um, like every little park had yeah, yeah. flowers yeah. and vigils and candles and stuff so so you didn't go back down to that area i don't think i went down there for a while i don't think i was at work for like two weeks and everything was different you know the sub the subways uh were quiet you know some of them had a smell a weird smell to them because you know things that happened down there and i remember i lived in new jersey and it was planes would go over all the time Mm. and i just remember just like being reacting to that yeah. you know and just feeling so i just felt stupid for a really long time i just couldn't help but why did you feel stupid i think i just i was like all these people died and didn't want to be there and i just put myself there like what a dumb thing to do <laughs> like i could have you know i could have killed yeah. i could have died yeah. and i did it myself and these yeah. people didn't want to be there and they had to die so i just felt really guilty for a long time but i think it's so human and especially that's what i mean in a city where it's, it's, you've never had a terrorist attack before. Yeah, you know, like of course it. It's like it's like a child. It's like you. If you've never been bitten before, you know, you put your hand in the lion's mouth. Right. It's like, oh, what is it? Yeah, and then like everyone's like, don't do it. But the child doesn't know. You yeah. have to get burnt to learn. Like that's right, right. And I and I really felt like I'm, I said as a Londoner when I would see the New Yorkers talking about it, I was like, oh, it's never happened. So right. They didn't know. They didn't know. Like when that sound happens, like. And maybe I'm being very, like, morbid, but I remember as a kid, like, you'd hear a bang, you'd be like, was that a bomb? In London, anyway, yeah. you know, it was like, well, what was that? And then you'd be like, no, it wasn't. And um, weirdly, I was um, on the tube when 7-7 happened. So it was a really weird thing that, like, I was with my two school friends and we were getting, we were in, you know, the rush hour, which we wouldn't normally be. We were, like, supposed to be going on a job for her. Mum was, like, a business lady and she wanted us to help out at this conference and, like, get three teenage girls to do it. And um, so it was really weird that we were on the tube and we were on the Northern Line and that's the one that the guy's bomb didn't work. Mm. So it stopped at Euston and then they said, we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's, pa- you know, it's packed. It's just rammed with people. And then they were like, everybody has to get off. The tube is closed, which has never in my life as London ever happened, ever. Yeah. Like they always go, Bakerloo Line's closed. Everyone needs to get bust. Sorry. And it was so, you could feel like I instantly, as a Londoner, was like, 
this is not good. This is why would every tube line be closed? And we were like walking through the tunnels and it was, yeah, hideous, hideous, hideous. I just need to get out of this station. Need it. And Houston is massive and you're going through these, you know, and you're looking. All I could see was people there and people behind me. And you're like, if anything happened right now, we're all dead. Mm-hmm. And we came up and we came out of Houston and we were trying to get to King's Cross and, um, you know, same thing. There's all this, we can see down the road, there's all this tape and there's all these police cars. And we're like, oh, and again, it, it didn't quite occur to me there was a bomb. Weirdly, I just thought like something is up. And we walked, we didn't know buses. We didn't understand because we weren't like mm-hmm. that commutery then. So we we're just like walking around the corner and the bus exploded uh, from where the street we just turned. Um, oh my God. And again, I remember that if it turned around and it was obviously not as huge as, as that, but there's all this smoke and everyone starts running. Mm-hmm. And like... I know that feeling. It's like a disaster. You're like, why is everyone running? Like yeah. your brain is like. And my friend said, "That's a bomb." And I went, "No, a skip must have fallen." <laughs> a skip? What's you know a the skip? skip. So like, um, what builders have like those big metal oh, oh, oh. containers? Yes. What do you call that? And like, oh. they just throw their builders' rubbish yeah. into it. We call like them skips. Like a bin or something. Yeah, like it's yeah, like a big bin. Like it's yeah. huge, and you like put it in the skip. Oh. Okay. And they, you know, sometimes they like crane them up. Yeah. And they drop them onto the ground really loudly. And I was like, it was builders. It was a skip. Because my, I was just like, I cannot deal. And then they started running. And we just started running. We yeah. just started running. And I was yeah. like, where are we running to? The whole street is just running. And, you know, I remember that feeling of just being like, it's the end of the world. And I had a phone then. So I was trying to call my boyfriend at the time. And I got I got through to him. And I was like, something awful has happened. He was like, no, it hasn't. There's nothing on the radio. You're crazy. Don't calm down. And I was like, no. You're no. like, don't tell me to come Yeah, down. I was like, no. Because <laughs> yeah. it hadn't, they hadn't announced it because they didn't want to scare the shit out of everyone. Right. So it hadn't been announced on the radio yet. It was only the people there. Right. So it just happened. And then they scrambled the mobile phones. So you couldn't get hold of anyone after that because they, re- they were worried about the right. attackers or other bombs hitting. So after that, I was just like, and I remember that, like, yeah, walking in a city that's just silent mm-hmm. and helicopters started going over us and... We found this Spanish lady, weirdly, and um, mm. she was completely lost. And she lived in North London. We were like, we live in North London. We're going to walk back. So we walked with this lady. Mm-hmm. And you would see, like, packs of people. And you'd be like, hi, oh, you know, they were going that way. We're going this way. And we didn't even know the fuck we were going. We'd never walked in that. Right. You know, never done it before. But the same as you were just trying to go home. And luckily, there was no tunnel. So we just walked and walked and walked. It took us, like, three hours to walk or two and a half hours. Cause it's, like, right at the end. And then her boyfriend, like, met her and was like, oh, thank you. so." And we, like, had this big hug and, like, mm-hmm. it was like, bye. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never, <laughs> never see, see you again. again. I don't know yeah. who you are. But she was like, oh, thank you so much. Because she didn't have a, a fucking clue what was going on. But it, that feeling of, like, oh, I'm at the end of the world. This is it. This is it. Because once you've heard something like that, and I can't imagine, because obviously, obviously a bus bomb is fucking awful, but a build, two buildings collapsing is just... It's just surreal. Yeah. So that, surreal. It's so surreal. And I worked uh, back at Goldman later instead of being in like the fishbowl, like doing yeah. work. I was a receptionist and then I worked a little bit because, you know, they'll throw you around since you're a temp. They'll yeah, be like, well, yeah. this week, this other building needs you. <laughs> yeah. So I was in this other building for a while and it was on the top floor and it was the 50th floor <sighs> and it was like a trading floor. So yeah, there were a lot of brokers yeah. up there. And I had this boss, and she was very anxious in general. Mm. She was just very, like, hot-blooded. And 
And uh, one day a plane just flew by because we were on the 50th floor. Just, you know, every day you see a plane and it was like eye level to us. And she lost it. Like it was her her version of PTSD from 9-11. And... You know? I mean, I'm not. I mean, you, you, of course. Yeah. And like traveling on the tube a couple of weeks after that, it was like everyone was so fucking nervous. And I remember once, like, so this you know, a drunk, crazy guy was shouting, and someone, everyone was like, "No, shut up!" Yeah. So it was like you do not get to have your crazy moment down here while we are all shitting no. ourselves. And he was like, "Oh, so sorry. I'm sure with you guys as well, it like brought everyone together. Oh yeah, yeah. people were talking about it, and you know, if you. You knew someone had been there, and and I really know that feeling of like when it's your city. I, I don't. I wasn't glad I was there, but there was a weird thing of going, like a loyalty or some yeah, kind loyalty of and like of wanting to still be in the city. Like yeah. that's what I mean. Like I totally understand because some people are like why just move out, and you're like, no, no it's my home. My city needs me. This yeah. is my home, and I like it here. I like it here, and I'm gonna yeah. get back on that tube, and I'm gonna yeah. fucking ride that tube because fuck you, you're right, not gonna exactly. stop me. Yeah, but it was yeah, and then. There was another attack, uh, a failed bomb, uh, about two weeks after 7-7 on the tube. And it was like some kids had like put a bomb together. It was a really like, but it was this, it was the central line. And I had ridden that line about an hour before. And I came home and they were like another tube attack. And that's when it hit me. And I burst into tears and started sobbing. So I was like, fucking hell, again. I was right by it again, and mm-hmm. I didn't know, and I just and again you feel like you said this, that unbelievable guilt of like, well, I'm fine and I'm in shock and I'm oh my god oh my god, but you know there was a boy from my school whose dad was on the Piccadilly line and he died on that mm. tube, and it just yeah it's ugh, you know and I know there's obviously awful things that happen every day all over the world right. we can only talk about our own experiences but. But it's also the, you know, the the cert people waiting to hear, people waiting to find out. and uh, Especially 9-11. It was so huge. It was so huge. And I went to, uh, I was like, how can I, you know, help? There was, you know, there was a feeling that I needed to uh, work, like, deal with this. Yeah, But at course. the same time, I wanted to give back. So I went to, down, down there, they had, like, volunteer stations for, mm. like, feeding um, the firefighters yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah. And they also had, like, social workers that you could talk to. And I remember um, I went to a social worker, and she was just awful. Oh, no. <laughs> she was like, she sounded like she was a reporter. She's like, so tell me what you saw. And I was like, this is not. <laughs> I don't want to read. This is not what I want to, yeah. you know. So I was like, I'm just going to, you know, help pass out food. And, yeah. you know, that helps. But, you know, you can only do so much because yeah. they're doing all the work. So how was it, like, the months afterwards? How was the – because I guess – it's a really weird, something as violent and traumatic that is a very strange grief because you're grieving for people you don't know. You're grieving for a world that doesn't exist at the moment of being safe and peaceful. And like you're grieving for yourself because you nearly died. It's yeah. How was, how did you cope with it? I mean, it just took time, mm. but it was a lot of it was just trying to, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever mourned or been that sad mm. for that long period of time. But um, it almost like it's almost like you need to cry to get yeah, it out, you yeah. know. So I would go to these like parks, and I would listen to these vigils and people playing guitars, or you know, look at these faces on the wall. That, are... but after a while, you're like, I need to. Yeah, I need to live. I need to live. Yeah. You know. So you're still sad, but you. And then eventually, I went down there, and uh, 
Yeah, how and was then, that when you actually went down there? I mean, it. I don't know how far. It's just an empty hole, and yeah. it was there for a long time. And then I had to go back to work because I don't know how. When did I leave? I forget. I I got another job, which was in Midtown eventually, because they, you know, the temping just yeah, it, yeah. stopped or whatever. So I got another job temping in Midtown. And then they're like, can we hire you, hire you permanently? And I was like, sure. So, you know, do stand up at night yeah, and then work yeah. here. And then uh, like two years later, after I worked at this company in Midtown, they're like, we're relocating downtown. And it was right next to like wow. the giant hole zone, yeah. you know. So I had to see that every day. And then you'd see it and you're just like, why is this taking so long? Hurry yeah. up and fill up this hole. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, Yeah. But it's a difficult thing to, like you said, to process because you're a tiny part of a massive thing. Yeah. And it's really what I felt like that was, I mean, I hate to compare them, but it's, it's all I can do. Um, with 7-7, seven, seven, I felt like, well, I was sort of close to something, but then there's people who were like way closer and yes. people who were like way further away. So you sort of know your place in like literally the epicenter of the bomb the terrorists at the event you know how far away you were from it so you know that you're in more shock than someone who's like oh man I was at home and I watched right. it and you're like oh no I saw it I saw yeah, it it yeah, was awful yeah. and people would say that like yeah. you know even my mom would be like oh and I saw that on TV but you I understand yeah, you, saw yeah. more, you know but then you'd speak to someone who was like oh I was standing next to the bus and you're like oh okay you worse than me right right <laughs> and it's this weird and we try not to talk about it in the show of like the hierarchy of grief but it, I think the hierarchy of shock is perhaps a more fairer term for the situation because or people who had, had, had lost people you yeah know? and you'd always hear about someone it wasn't yeah. anyone direct like I didn't know anyone myself but it would be like oh so-and-so's boyfriend's cousin was yeah. in there you know yeah. and you'd hear a lot of those stories yeah, yeah. um and then uh in 2000 what year did they catch Osama Oh God! Yeah, I forget, I but that year I did my first military tour in oh. Iraq. Wow. So we were flying to Baghdad, and then when we landed, they announced that he'd been shot. So it was oh, this weird, God. like, oh my God! You know, they found him, and now I'm here, and it <laughs> was just so weird. Wow! So you were doing Such military a crazy tours? Experience. Yeah. Did you ever talk about it in your comedy, 9-11? Did you ever talk about the experience? I talked about it on, like, a couple of, um, like, podcasts. Not not like this, yeah, where it was, yeah. like, a serious conversation. But, um, no, not on stage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, there are a couple of moments that are, like, funny, mm. you know, but it's not funny, so I yeah. can't. But it may be, like, a one-person show, maybe, or something <laughs> I could do, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess for something as big as that and as momentous in America's history, it's like, you got to know that joke's real good. <laughs> like, yeah. if you're going to go there, it's got to be a real Like a storytelling show. I might have done like yeah. a 10-minute thing, sure. but yeah, nothing like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't like a set-up punchline kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's still, I don't know if you've had other moments where you're just like, I could have died oh, right then. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. like taking one step forward and then seeing a giant yeah. bus. Like, <laughs> yeah. and that's in the movies all the time yeah. where you just take one. And I've done that where I'm like, oh shit, the bus is coming. And then yeah. I have to move back. And I'm like, what if I hadn't seen the bus? I know. You know? Or, and I had one recently, which was so stupid, but, um, you know, uh, people walk through the trains all the time to get to the next car. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, and I've always done that. In and New then York? This, this yeah, is, yeah, because I do that here and you're not meant to be. Yeah, we, yeah I but do that. People do it. Like yeah. if it's either too crowded or yeah, yeah. there's something disgusting happening mm-hmm. on the train. You move carriages. You move to the car. And, uh, and I did that and I tripped <gasps> as I was going through. Oh, come on. And I had read that previously, because they always have lists. Like in 2018, you know, 12 people died going through the cars. And I was like, they probably did what I did. Nothing yeah, stupid. Yeah. They just went and, and I tripped and I grabbed the mm-hmm. door of the next one and I was like in my head I was like well what if I hadn't grabbed that why you know it it can just happen so quickly yeah it's so stupid it can but that's it's such a good human lesson to learn like we are very we are mortal and you know it shit can happen so that's why you live your life as best you can and you're you tell people that matter that you love them and you have to do these things because you people who act like they're not going to die more is like what what world are you living on <laughs> like right. you're not special you any one of us can just fucking go like that in a second yesterday i tripped so hard and i usually fall when i trip and mm. this time i don't know if it's because i've been working on my core you know <laughs> but i was able to just like hold myself oh, up good work. but it yeah. took like four steps. It was yeah. one of those oh, yeah, like yeah. I'm falling, I'm falling, and it. I don't think I've ever experienced it that long. I was like, here it comes, here it comes, and thank God, on the fourth step there was a brick wall, and I just ran right into, into it. it. But I'm like, what if it had been a car or a fire <laughs> or a baby? You know? Yeah. And I just I couldn't. I wanted a drink so bad after that, and I was like, I have a show. I have to just do my show. But I was like, you know, you never know. Yeah. I I literally just fell so hard into that wall <laughs> like that could have been a moving car <laughs> but that's that's just being a human it's yeah. like you trip you make stupid things and it's like when you read that they do that list of people who died really stupidly isn't it the darwin awards or something oh like, okay we talked about it on the show before and i i don't like talking about because i feel so bad but somebody died getting their head stuck in a cinema seat in a what? In a cinema seat, you know, a movie <gasps> movie seat. really yeah someone died oh. getting their head stuck in it and someone another guest brought it up and i was like Oh man, like there's so many ways. There's so <laughs> many ways. There's so many ways. My... But it's, it's okay. Mostly you're fine. You have to remember the 99% of time, hundred <laughs> people don't this get their This is probably why I don't have kids because I'm afraid yeah. they die. Yeah. My sister, her kids are like 10 and 13 now, but when her little one was like, I don't know, like six months, mm. um, we heard I was like spending the night in Spain and my sister woke me up in the middle of the night. She's like, Carmen, I need your help immediately now. And I go into the room and Nicole, the baby, had her head stuck in the crib. Like she stuck <gasps> her the between the bars. And I was like, go! And I just did that Superman <laughs> pulling the bars apart. And then she gently shoved her head. And I was like, oh my God. Like that gave me such panic for so long. I'm like, my little baby's oh. So, I know, but that's and to see it. them suffer and, and like with their head stuck in the crib. But you see, that's what we have to remember. We hopefully make stupid decisions. Decisions and hopefully there's a brick wall or a brilliant auntie yeah. to like wrestle your head out. Like hopefully that's yeah. how we get by. That's what you have to remember. There should be somebody. Hopefully, ninety nine out of hundred times. I know. Obviously not every time, but you're still here, and we're very glad. That Yay! You're. <laughs> well, Carmen, thank you so much for talking to me. Oh my gosh, thank you. No, thanks for having me. It's amazing. Thank you so much. You can follow Carmen on Twitter at Carmen Comedian, that's C-A-R-M-E-N, Comedian. Head to her website, CarmenLynch.com, for more information of all her 
clips and her stand-up shows, including the show Dance Like You Don't Need the Money, which you can download and stream. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Griefcast. The show was edited by Kate Holland, with thanks to Whistledown Studios, and the music was provided by the Glue Ensemble. And remember, you are not alone.